RootsOfTheSwampThing.com, your definitive online source for all things Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is heating up. A brand new series coming from Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. A brand new TV series on DC's streaming service online. RootsOfTheSwampThing.com. A lot of stuff about his history, what he's doing today, and everything in between. Go to RootsOfTheSwampThing.com for more information. Welcome to Wednesday Comics. Brought to you by RootsOfTheSwampThing.com and Supercon 2018, Return of the Con. Hey everyone, keep turning those pages. Welcome to Wednesday Comics. To my right, we have Killer Frost himself. Alex, how you doing? Hello, everybody. And across from me, uh, Mr. Freeze himself. Uh, Garrett, how you doing? I'm cool. And I am Sasquatch himself, Marvin. That's who I am. We are the Wednesday Comics Podcast. We are a weekly podcast where we read recent books, play some games, and just talk comic books in general. This week... We, if you noticed, uh, usually we do this in person today. Uh, we, weather was, uh, I mean, it's not horrible out there, but for the first uh, snow, the shit's not ready. They don't put any salt or anything down, so it gets a little slippery. So we decided, hey, stay inside, put on the fire. I got a bonfire right in the middle of the studio right now. Uh, I am, I might die by the end by, from smoke inhalation, but we'll see. Um, but as you noticed from the beginning, I gave these guys all... Uh, names of people who have uh, winter frost powers or like live in the winter. What's your guys' favorite winter person like that? Who do you like? Who has hmm. those kind of powers? Captain Cold, Mister Freeze, Killer Frost. Any I think I'd, I think I'd have to you personally know, say it's probably just Mister Freeze because he's the only one that I really know. Like I, I know who Killer Frost is. I know who Captain Cold. But I never grew up with those other characters. I was always a Batman kid. So, what about Iceman? You know, DC animated series, that was my way to go. I knew Mr. Freeze from there. And uh, what was the movie that he was in? Deep Freeze? Who? <laughs> oh. Mr. Freeze's uh, Mr. movie. Mr. Freeze's movie? I don't, oh, no. Um, oh, no. That was Cold, Cold Heart. Yeah. No, that was the episode of, no, the, of the show. That was the episode in the movie, the TV show. I know what you're talking about. Like it's called Deep Mi- Freeze or. Uh, the I Winter's ha- Bite or something like that? I have it. I don't know what it's called, though. Yeah, I do, too. It's like a duo set. Mr. Freeze. Yeah, I have that duo set, too. The Masks of Phantasm, and then it comes with the other movie. Hey, speaking of, I just heard cold, that Masks of Phantasm is coming back into theaters next week already. For it is. The for the 25th anniversary. anniversary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. God, do you guys remember watching that for the first time? Yeah, oh. I, it's still pretty. It still holds up. Oh, Absolutely. Um, it is one of those. I remember watching it as a kid, and I feel like I would enjoy it more than it did as a kid. Um, the show was always great, but I feel like that movie is like way more adult than I expected it to be as a kid, and I think I would enjoy it more now, especially because those parts Sub Zero, it's called Alex Sub Zero. Sub Zero, okay. I was just gonna look it up. Oh, yeah, um, because it's starting to piss me off. That I don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, I feel like in that movie, Mask Phantasm, there's a lot about like him dating that girl, and there's like a lot of slow stuff. And as a kid, I was like, come on, let me get back to the Batman stuff. But I think now I would, I would enjoy that part seeing Bruce rather than just Batman. That's so, a lot of Bruce. I got it downstairs, man. I should watch it. I gotta catch up with this thing. 
So Alex, he says, Mr. Freeze. Garrett, what did you say? Um, I would say I've been thinking more like Commander Cold, like he's a new character introduced to the Flash. And I've really enjoyed uh, his character. Like he's not as pompous as uh, uh, what's his face? Captain Cold? No, Commander Cold is his name. He's from the future. I know, but you said he's yeah, not as pompous Le- as it's Leonard Snart, right? No, it's not Leonard Snart. It's a cop. But he's not as pompous really? as who? Who are you talking about? He's in the Flash comic. No, I know, but you yeah, said I, no. you said he's not as pompous as, and you're trying to think of somebody's name. And I said, are you thinking of Captain Cold? Yeah, Captain Cold. That's I thought I said Captain Cold. I must have cut out. No, you, you must have cut out, no. and that's why I was like Captain Cold. Because he responded to you, and then you said no. And I thought, no, I'm pretty sure that's who you're talking about. Then I thought you wanted his real name, so that's why I said Leonard Snart. <laughs> and then you said no to me. We're all talking about know. the same thing. We so just... no one knows who, you, who you're actually talking about now. <laughs> okay, Commander Cold, not as pompous as uh, Captain Cold. He's like a really, he's like a top cop, basically. So then we were all right there. So I actually, um, that's interesting, because I actually did think that he was just an alternate world uh, Captain Cold, because I haven't been keeping up with Flash, but that's uh, interesting to know that he's from the future. Oh, see, even though I'm reading it, I actually thought that Captain, I thought Commander Cold was originally Captain Cold, and then he decided not to be a bad guy. I don't know, unless Garrett's wrong. No, he was the lead of the, like, whatever their time force of, because he was, that's the whole oxymoron about his character is that he is the complete opposite of Captain Cold. Well, my favorite, speaking of uh, winter people, um, I do like Iceman a lot. Michael Iceman. Uh, remember in uh, X3, speaking of great movies, um, <laughs> Last Stand, uh, when he turns to the Iceman for the first time and he headbutts uh, uh, Nitro? Good times. That's when you stood up and cheered, right? That's three movies worth of that building up. Am I the only one here? I hear silence in the other line. <laughs> um, there's not really, I mean, you would think there would be more characters with frost powers, unless we can't think of them here. I can only think of a handful. No, nothing really. I think, you know, there's only like a select couple. Well, the ones we've already mentioned. So outside right now, it looks like Batman and Robin when Mr. Freeze freezes the city. And uh, we decided to stay inside. Um, It's not that bad. Alex has a car that doesn't go up hills well, though. Right, Alex? Hey, I I made it safe and sound. No problem. It wasn't three feet of snow like it was that one time when I couldn't get up the hill. And it's I was happened. actually on my way home, and I thought, oh, I could easily make it to the studio. But then at, you know, what, 11 o'clock, 11.30 when we got done, it's going to be even more frozen. It's like, no, it's not worth our time getting hurt or hit. or Because you know what the sad thing is? that It doesn't matter where you live. Anytime the first snow falls, everyone seems to forget how to drive. I saw somebody spin out. This person uh, was going, like fast for like it would have been fast if it wasn't snowing and then they were going into the left turn lane and there's cars waiting so they were like hey let me slow down so i can not hit these guys and uh you know when you're going that fast and then the roads are slick you can't just slow down in two seconds and so they uh spun around so luckily they didn't hit anybody and they just now were like backwards in the street but uh i zoom past it took me it took me a half hour to get home because i live on the complete opposite side of town so i had to take the interstate and God, it was backed up for, I mean, what usually takes me 15, 20 minutes definitely took me a half hour just to get past a normal exit. So, 
So that's what's happening outside here. We are into winter. I'll ask the weatherman on the forecast next time we're looking for it. I don't think you forecasted the snow. I'll have to talk to him when we get there, but uh, we'll see. But this have is to yell at that guy. He doesn't know anything. Uh, yeah, this is the speaking of which, Alex. I see that book is actually pretty high, highly reviewed. So I, uh, I believed you, but I might look into it now that I see other people agree with you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow. Let's get into some comic book reviews. First one up here we are going to speak about, and yes, it is the first one. Green Lantern number one. This is Grant Morrison, Lee, and Sharp. This is a new ongoing series. Excuse me, the Green Lantern number one. Uh, he is an intergalactic uh, cop on the patrol. Uh, first issue we have here, and I just want to ask uh, first Garrett, and then I'm going to go to Alex here in a, a second. Garrett. Was this issue what you were expecting, or did it uh, kind of sidestep and do something else? Um, well, you know, knowing Grant Morrison, like such great storytelling. Um, but that opening, you know, the way he opens things is always a very out there, and it's kind of like it's super abrupt and unlike anything I've seen. And so right away, I was like you know if i had never known that this was a grant morrison comic i would have been like uh, i bet i don't know i don't think i'd be into this but then like you get three pages in and it's just amazing um because uh he literally like he's establishing these new characters and then they're the reason like it opens up with hal um wherever he's waking up at laying on his back but i really loved it you know i think that interview that he did where he kind of said it's going to be like a TV show. I could definitely see that kind of like it was almost like it was being storyboarded. And I, I read another interview because I was so excited for this comic that the second page, like the second panel on the second page, it's a, it's been in all the DC comics this week. He wrote three pages on how to describe that one panel. That's what Liam Sharp said. So I'm like, damn. Alex, let me ask you, a person who is known on this show, not to like hate Graham Morrison, but not really been a fan, I would say. Um, you do like We Three, one of your favorite books. So, I mean, yep. you do like some stuff by him. Uh, what did you think this book? Was this book too much for you, or is this book like you're like, hey, I can dig this? I It almost was too much. Like The opening was fine. I didn't mind the them duking it out on two characters I didn't know anything about. But then when we got to Hal Jordan, it didn't feel like Hal. And I think a part of it is I'm coming from the Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, and I'm just going, where's this guy? Like, it almost, I don't know. I like the, the cop part of it when Hal was talking about, oh, what's this case? And, you know, how do I, you know, that kind of stuff I actually enjoyed. But it was way more weird than I was, I mean, I, I understand it's Grant Morrison. He writes weird great and some of the weird things he writes is amazing uh there's other things i just i don't know if i can get into this is one of those books that i really want to be enthralled with it with you guys but then i'm also weary about is this really my kind of book because this was this is a little too funky even for it being a space odyssey as it is um, so I started reading this book, and uh, like Garrett said, usually some Graham Morrison books start out, and you're kind of like, what's going on here? I'm not sure. And I know that by now I've been reading the guy's stuff for a while. So like, the beginning for me was a little too much, and then I was like, but it's Grant. I know eventually he'll get there. And by the end of the issue, 
Um, and actually, I'm going to address the point that Alex said here in a second. But by the end of the issue, I was like, okay, I'm in on this thing. Like, Liam Sharp's art actually, I thought, fit fantastically. Um, I actually did like it a lot, especially the panel layouts for some of the pages. And them working together on this kind of book made sense to me. Like, it wasn't like... When we first heard that Liam Sharp was announced, I remember we talked to me like, is he too realistic for something that's supposed to be this kind of weird? And it's fine. It works. Um, it actually works well, I think. It kind of brings like a 70s kind of like uh, 70s, I don't want to say noir, but it's like 70s pulp kind of style. So I agree. 60s. Like it's very, it's very, yeah, like kind of that classic vintage look, especially when you see Hal in costume for the first time. Yeah. Like that is nuts. And like, I love... He kind of looks like Dead Man a little bit, just the way he's posing there. I'm like, man, this is quite the. Uh, he's definitely inspired by like Buck Rogers. It's definitely like a space adventure, like 60s, 70s kind of like old pulp comics. It kind of looks like that. And so on that aspect, and I think maybe that's where his inspiration comes from. He wants it to be like a space cop. I think maybe that's the way it's going. So, A, when I read this, and by the end, I was like, okay, it seems like that's the way he's going with this, and I, I'm okay with that. But I did, uh, Alex, I do agree, like, Hal's a little different in here. How is How he is in this book is how Hal used to be. Like, now he's more of a leader. He's a Green Lantern. This was, like, rookie Hal, like, where he's all cocky and uh, very abrasive, which he is cocky. I mean, that's not who he's, he's always been, but he's also very much a leader. Um, and I don't know if maybe that's just because, uh, it's more of a, it seems like a silver agey kind of green lantern. And maybe that's the way Grant's telling this. That's what I feel like, but you're right. It is kind of weird going from the last book where he was the leader of all this whole core and he was not really the kind of jokey guy he did. I mean, he was sometimes very cocky and that's where the humor came from. But in this one, I think he was, uh, a little bit more dickish. And I think that is from, Grant just taking that character back in time a little bit to be kind of silver agey. So I, I think once, once Hal became green lantern or actually, you know, called on his power and he goes to earth and he's talking to those three pirates that got away and he talks to the big like vermin thing. And as the vermin dude keeps growing bigger and bigger then Hal, you know, floats back and goes, you know, the bigger you get, especially on a planet like this, the gravity is going to break your shin. And then it, it does. I was like, okay, I, I I enjoyed that part. I enjoyed the the science a little bit of it, the the sci-fi type of stuff. I really liked it. But then it was just one of those things that when he was Hal Jordan, it really kind of threw me off because it just. And I don't know if it's necessarily the cockiness. I think it's that he carried himself like he was unsure, or I don't know. I felt like he couldn't back up what he was saying or how he was acting until he was actually Green Lantern. So when he's fighting those aliens fist to fist. I was like, oh, I don't know if that, I don't know. It, There's a little bit of swearing in there, too, know. wasn't I there? I don't know. Didn't, didn't he call somebody an asshole? Or an ass? At yes. least one of the two. Yeah, so, I mean, that's how cocky he was. He was like, hey, he called some, one of those guys an asshole or an ass. I forget which one it was. But still, like, I don't know. I, I did enjoy it. I do love Hal a lot, and I did feel like it was a different type of Hal. But I do know that also, I did know going into this, it wasn't going to be Green Lantern that I know. Like, Grant Morrison always is known to go in and, like, kind of changed like Batman when he started writing Batman he writes Batman more like a 70s Neil Adams kind of Batman that is like more James Bondish than it is God Batman um especially for like Batman Incorporated that kind of time and it's a Batman that's more fun it's less about Batman being brooding so like I knew this was going to be a different and not that this isn't how it's just how in a different time like this is how Silver Ages I feel like yeah I think there you go ahead 
Well, I think a part of it for me is that I'm stuck in my ways of what I think a character should be because I've only read select things of Green Lantern. So I, I need I want to be open to this character being told in a different way, uh, written, and even the art was different than I'm expecting. Normally, Hal's actually a pretty, you know, I don't want to say big and burly, but, you know, all these superheroes are ripped out of their mind. This actually just looked kind of like what Spider-Man does. He's skinnier. He's just not gaunt, but he's just slender and fit, not, you know, like I work out 12 hours a day. Well, I mean, he's not like... I don't know his profession. I don't feel he was like a boot camp training every single day. Um, but I don't know by the end though, like it was super good. Um, I think when, you know, the guardians do look a little different. I felt like they don't look like their normal selves. So that was kind of cool. And then there, I can tell that Grant Morrison's adding that mythology of that book of Oa. At least I've never seen that. I don't know if you have Marvin, if you've seen that book of Oa before. Yeah. So, um, you know, as a first issue, I definitely give it a nine, like the excitement. It was probably because of the more so of the excitement that I had for it, but, uh, it was really good storytelling and it wasn't as like, it wasn't the whole issue confusing. Like Grant Morrison usually does a first issue. There was enough that it's like, you still recognize who Hal is. Uh, the only thing I would like to see is, you know, he's dating this Eve girl. It's like at the end of the last series, he was, he knocks on Carol's door. So it's like, what does he say? We're done forever. Bye. Or like, what's going on there? Well, this th- that also see that that's also why another hint I'm thinking that he's going back to a different time. Like, this is a girlfriend he used to have back in the Silver Age. So, like, I think that's what he's doing. He's just like, hey, we're just gonna bring like ignore continuity. That's what I kind of read this as being like, hey, this isn't taking place continuity. This is just like we're reading a Silver Age Grant Morrison Green Lantern book. It feels like it. Like, area all the p- components are there for it, and. uh so for me, that makes it a nine. It's nothing that like blew my socks off, and I was like, "This is like the best book." And like, but it was enough. It was solid enough, and I feel like Graham Morrison. That's what he is. Like, if I read the whole arc or read the whole series, I'm always in love with it. But sometimes, besides also All Star Superman, those have every issue is great. But sometimes you get an issue where it's like, "This is solid," and then later, like in Batman Incorporated, I feel like the first issue is solid. Issue seven, I remember being like, "That's like a great issue." So like, it takes time to build there, and then it's like, "Oh, this is good." Mm. And overall, I would say I love Batman Incorporated, but so we'll have to see when more issues has come out. I like Grant on the on the longer storytelling kind of scale than one issue. Is this an ongoing book or is this like a maxi series? Oh, this is ongoing. ongoing. He says that. Uh, I mean, he's got at least what did he say? Two to three years already planned out, and he said each. Uh, season will be 12 uh, issues, so okay. I hope it so it should be around for the long haul, but you know, that's, that's what he said on Action Comics the New 52, so that gets me kind of worried, but well, uh, I guess to me, when I, re- when I read this book, being the fact that it is a little more out there and it's less, it's not at all in continuity, it does kind of make me feel like, what if this is only going to be a maybe a 20 issue run of Here's what Hal could be, kind of like what All-Star Superman was. A book to show you what this character goes through and how how good this character can be. But the the stakes of this book are only in itself. I guess we'll see. What did you give it, Alex? I give it a six. Okay. A six? Was, Holy. Well, well, I don't get a boner for Grant Morrison. <laughs> so I was already at a seven. It had good things. I just, it wasn't, if I wasn't willing to give this book a try and to want to actually get into a Grant Morrison run, 
this book would be already cut for me because it's just wasn't a whole lot really pulling me in. What else we get, Alex? We got Immortal Hulk number eight, written by Al Ewing and art by Joe Bennett. Cover was by Alex Ross. <clears throat> this book was um, it was it was. So we start out in this what deep shadow camp, and they're doing uh, experiments on Hulk, cutting that heart into pieces. You get to see all four valves. Who's the bad guy? Who's this little shrimpy doctor? Or is he just a? He was from doctor? the. He was in the last issue. They're part of this organization that was hunting down the Hulk. Okay. Well, they made it seem like he was a, a not necessarily a bigger to do, but that he was some specialty bad guy. You know, like a Baron Zemo type oh, of guy. Oh, I didn't know who he was. A I character not, that had a name. He just showed up in the last issue, like towards the end. Okay. I'm going to say so something. We're, we're, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just no, going to no, say. Can, no, you can go on. I was going to say, you're going to explain this story. And I just want to say up front, uh, for me, this issue was boring as hell. <laughs> I did yeah. not enjoy this at all, this issue. Which is if, which is crazy for me to say because I think I've enjoyed Hulk. I think the last issue I also complained when they went to this kind of story at the end, and so like for me, the most uninteresting part of this story is this overarching like let's stop Bruce. And I enjoyed more the one shots of Bruce being the Hulk and like trying to stop criminals and also weighing, you know who's really in charge like that was the story i was interested in and now we're not there anymore now we're to a point where they're just hunting on the hulk which i feel like we read all the time yeah i mean the cool part i think if there was a cool part in this is where you know obviously we start with those containers and you have him basically testing uh hulk's organs and the further he gets away uh, from Hulk's heart, no, or from Hulk's head, I guess. Uh, the more, um, vo- like the, the more vulnerable, right? So, um, that that was pretty cool. I mean, that added, I think, some mythos that like it's all it's in his brain. It's not necessarily in his um, like internal, like his organs or anything like that. I mean, obviously, his brain is an organ, but. I just mean more so uh, it's just it's just different mythology, and I thought that was very interesting. I, I think the thing for this issue for me is that it, it wanted to show you how powerful the Hulk is, but the problem is that I already knew Hulk was super strong. I already knew he had a sweet healing factor, and they just showed that Bruce doesn't like Hulk doesn't need to breathe. Hulk doesn't need to eat. Hulk doesn't have to be anything. He literally is just a big pile of green goo that took a form of a monster. And it, it made it seem less, um, almost less authentic for me. Because he was like a monster? Well, because, uh, I mean, I know at the end of this issue, when Hulk gets out, he goes, you guys wanted to attack Bruce. Um, and that, you know, that's his day thing. But when I come out at night, I take it personal. And then he kills the guy but by absorbing him into his now new reformed body i don't know there are things that were kind of cool and yet we just made this whole big to do now that no matter what you do no matter how much damage you cause the hulk it doesn't matter because you can kill him and he's not dead anyway so i don't it it didn't mean anything i think that's my thing there's no stakes at all he's just a big pile of goo 
that can get formed into this Hulk. To, he can take a shape. I mean, I think it almost looks like Hulk could be anything. I think that's always been just the issue with Hulk. You have to find different things that make him interesting. Like I said before, like the struggle between him and Bruce is more interesting than can he be killed. And that's why I think like them hunting him down is so boring. It's like, yeah, what are you gonna do? Like the dude can't die. Like Alex was just saying, like it's more interesting to see like what's Bruce struggling with. Like I did like when he transformed back to Bruce. Like that art, by the way, the art. Bennett's Bennett's been on a roll. Like this book looks great. I have no issues with the art. And when he transforms back to Bruce, like the kind of like monstrosity, kind of almost like the thing monster, uh, kind of how he morphs back to Bruce. I love that because it's more of a monster book in that sense. And then like, but then like that's what I want to see. Like that's the book I want is Bruce struggling with this, but also like the Hulk's going to stop these criminals. So maybe he's useful to be around and see him weigh his options being like, I don't want to be this person, but maybe it's necessary. And, but then they always revert back to like, let's hunt down the Hulk. And it's like, for what? The dude can't, like Alex said, like, what are you going to do? What's going to make him more interesting? Like at this point now, the dude's been cut up. They went through all that explanation of how they cut him up and he's body parts were all away. The dude, like, if you can't kill him that way, how else are you going to kill him? You got to disintegrate everything? And then, like, what kind of story are we going to have where we just end the world to kill the Hulk? Like, yes, we've done that before. We've done all this stuff before. Like, it's more interesting to me to see him struggle with, am I a monster? Am I a man? Like, what is going on here? Maybe I need to be a monster sometimes. Maybe sometimes, just like from Breaking Bad here, Garrett, sometimes Ooh. no more half measures. Sometimes you just got to let it happen and go full. Like, maybe sometimes the Hulk is necessary to get stuff done. Like, that's what I would like about the first six issues. That's what it was about. Or not that first six, that, what was it, like, first five, whenever he's doing those one-shot things? That's what it was about. Yeah. That's why it was scary. It's like, you're like, holy shit, like, this Hulk is terrifying. He's not going to stop. But look who he's going against. He's going after these people who maybe deserve it a little bit. Do they? And that's what Bruce struggled with, was like, do I let this guy come out and kill these people that deserve it but do they really i'm not sure like do i make him the executioner and let this happen or do i use like i know i'm smarter than that and maybe that's not what we're supposed to be doing but so that was always more interesting to me than like hey let's hunt down this hulk guy it's like okay whatever yeah like i completely agree like it's it did feel like a filler especially in the last page when like bruce is like walking off into the sunset that he like can feel his father laughing at him i was like I was like, pretty sure you should be addressing the fact that there's a human probably living inside of you, a dead carcass, because Hulk absorbed it. So, uh, I don't know how you really, uh, (laughs) oh no, I feel my father's laughter. I'm like, you're pretty sure you don't feel any, like, gangrene or something? (laughs) (laughs) Another human inside you? I saw that and it was like, okay, are we going to get, like, his father having powers going against the Hulk and, like we're going to have a story where it's two metas fighting each other. And it's like, okay, well like that also, I don't want to see like, I liked it when it was Hulk versus these criminal guys. And it felt like, you know, Hulk going across America and finding monsters in everyday life and deciding whether or not he needs to be a monster to stop them. Also, like, what does that mean? Do you become something to stop something? Like, that was that was what was interesting about this book. And it played that horror kind of vibe with it. And then we get to this now, and I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm not into this book. And that issue, I was like, I'm not into this book anymore. Like, if this is what the next issue is like, too, I don't know if I'll read it anymore. Like, it was really, oh, I, I was I'm, like, okay. I'm already near the, the cutting block. This book's gotten away from what I wanted. And I almost feel like it's gotten away from what Al Ewing wanted. 
because we started out so strong with these one-shot issues. Now we're getting to this other realm of things that just doesn't feel like that was the, the line we were destined to go for. I'm already near the edge of just like, eh, I don't know if I need Hulk anymore because Hulk's getting brought into everything else now. Alpha flights half in this book. We're talking about the Avengers are halfway in this book. It's like, I don't, whoa, I whoa, whoa, buddy. Book. It's called Gamma Flight. <laughs> well, they were dead. Alpha Flight. And now they're Gamma. So I, I don't know. I just, I just wanted something. I want Hulk. I didn't need all these other books, these other characters to come in. Give me that fear factor. And if you're not going to do that, then I don't need the book. Yeah, that's kind of like. Uh, you know detractor is like there's so many characters in the hulk mythos and none of them are in this book um that's kind of disappointing because like you yes the book about the hulk is really great but you know you don't have uh you don't have betty you don't have uh thunderbolt ross you don't have so many characters that make that book so strong like rick jones come on bring that guy back they the only reason they brought him back is to be like yeah he helped uh set up the killing of the hulk so uh, this get, this was a four for me. I'm gonna give it a six because, oh. like, I don't think I was as bored as you guys, but it also was very fillerish. I think I'd give it a four. This was a weak, weak issue for me. Uh, Garrett, what else we get? So next we got James Bond 007 number one, written by Greg Pack, with art by Mark Lamming or Laming, um, and like 50 million cover artists. Um, I love this book. You know like, what? I thought Me it was too. super fun. I, you know, the panel work is exciting and the art was great. And the story for the first issue, I thought just like, it's great that it starts with this scene where it's more of an action scene and right. you get kind of hints of like what's going on. You meet a lot of people in this first one, but it kind of feels like in, uh, Alex is not a, as big a James Bond, a Bond fan as me and Garrett are. Me and Garrett watched all the movies together. Um, over two years, um, but um, yeah, it took a long time. <laughs> but uh, you know how every single James Bond movie starts with him already on a mission. So this was perfect for the first issue. He's already on a mission. Like this is how every James Bond story starts. But different from those movies, this starts and like it feels like it feeds you enough to be like I kind of understand this world a little bit now. Not enough to be like, hey, I'm fully in, but enough to be like I understand enough that this story is enjoyable and I'm ready for the next issue. Well, what's really cool is like, you know, that's always like when you're speaking in the beginning, beginning of James Bond movie is always like, where's James Bond? Where is he? And when he comes in, it's like, holy crap, there he is super badass. So like there's like three or four pages without him actually in the book yet. And you got uh, odd job um, kind of introduced briefly. And then like James Bond's just chilling at the bar, drinking one of his vodka martinis. And you're like, that was so badass how he came into this book. And then there's poker. Like any James Bond story where there's poker, amazing. Alex, what do I, I actually really enjoyed this issue. I don't know if I want to keep getting it, but I was thoroughly impressed. I had read one of those past James Bond books. And I was like, oh, I don't know if this is really for me. I think a part of it is that Odd Job was in it, and that's a character that I actually know. Um, way taller than I was expecting for this book. I'm so used to that being, you know, when you play GoldenEye, the game on N64, you know, you're only three feet tall and you're punching people in the crotch and throwing your hat for instant kills. I, uh, I actually really liked it. I got the Albuquerque cover 
God, that cover looks so good. Oh, it does look good. That's the same one I got. Odd job going around karate chopping people. Like, what more can you ask for? The dude's chopping people. And the hat. Yeah, the hat. The hat and the elevator. I just felt like this was fun. Like, it it knew it didn't need to be too serious. It knew it needed to be kind of pulpy, fun. And that's what it was. Like, even that turn where we uh, find out that that guy also is a secret agent. Um, For me, I didn't expect that. Like, I thought he was just going to be some guy that, like, was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And then he's like, oh, actually, no, he's actually an agent too. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's actually a nice dynamic. We have this like Asian kind of agent, which we don't know who he's working for. And then we have James Bond, who we do know a lot about just based on previous stories and previous movies. But we're trying to figure out like, how's this James Bond different? So um, there's some things from the movies, right? Money Penny uh, looks the same as she does in the movies. And, uh, James Bond. Uh, James Bond actually looks more like Sean Connery in this than he does. Actually, he kind of really looks more like Archer in this comic for some reason. Yeah, I think it looked like, like Bruce. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, kind of like Bruce Archer kind of ish. Um, well, I, I turned on my Sean Connery brain, brain because uh, Odd Job calls him an old man, and I was like, okay, well, there's only one character I know that. Well, I mean, not one, but. Sean Connery was definitely the oldest to play that, Bond. I that feel. is something also that I enjoyed that it's not like a James Bond starting out because I think they do that a lot now because of Casino Royale and like that's what they kind of want to do. Like, oh, the young James Bond. This is a guy who's been doing it for a second. Like, he knows what's up. He knows how to do this job. And that's what always like does James Bond movies, the great ones, um, were like, you're like, James Bond knows how to be a spy and he's good at it. Like, he's 007 for a reason. And so that's, that's what this issue felt like. And I'm like, okay, I like. It wasn't super serious. I don't need a super serious spy book like uh, Dead Hand. Uh, I was more looking for like a pulpy fun, and this feels like it's going to be it. So I really enjoyed it. It was it was surprisingly for me because Dynamite usually for me not to say anything against Dynamite artists, but usually I mean, it, a lot of Dynamite books are kind of licensed, and then the artist is on and doesn't really look or not fit the style that I like. But this book, Lanning, uh, Lamming or Lanning, uh, Lamming, uh, is style and panel work for me fit the style that the writing was and actually was fun. And I was like, Oh, I love this. Okay. I'm into it. Yeah, it's definitely. And you know, Alex had touched on that. Uh, James Bond books in the past haven't been for him. And I think you're right. They're trying to form James Bond, but what's like actually having James Bond just be James Bond. That's what's exciting. That's what people want to read. They don't want to see him become James Bond. They want to see James Bond doing what he does best. Uh, well, and I think a part of it for me is seeing the bad guy actually have be formidable. A lot of the time when I was reading the James Bond, he's always doing these amazing things and always winning. Where at the end of this, he fights in the kitchen and he kind of loses or he at least breaks even where it's like, oh, my, I found someone who can match my my combat skills. If not, they may be even better than me. I, I like I thought it was super strong. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 10. Like it was just fun. The entire time, I just enjoyed it. Like it, I just I don't know like what else to say about it except you know art was great, story was so good, and it felt like the only thing I had like if there was one skepticism, it would be that uh, uh job like talked way more than he ever did in, in uh, what was the end uh, Goldfinger Goldeneye not Goldeneye Goldfinger Goldfinger yeah. yeah, um I think I'm gonna give it a ten too, but I need to make a caveat. It's not like a ten like. I think like uh, this is uh, like one of the best comics I read. But for me, for I mean, I I love James Bond. For me, this was like really fun, and I couldn't like like Gary was just saying I could I can't really think of anything 
for this issue to start out any better than it did. Like this for me is like a shot out of the rocket that we needed for this book. Like first issue, like this is a great first issue for anything. And it just seems like it's going to be fun. Like, I don't see anything here that's going to be like, I didn't see anything like, oh, I didn't like that part. I didn't like that part. If they go down this road, it might be bad. Like for me, for everything in this book, I was like, oh, those are all the right choices. Okay, I'm in. <clears throat> Alex, what do you give it? Uh, I, I, I give it an eight. Oh, okay. Double eight. Oh. It was good. I mean, to be fair, like tonight's show feels like the old shows where you guys are all excited about these books and everything was good. I'm like, yeah. All right, Eight. don't worry, we're not there yet. I'll I'll tell you about a book I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't like Hulk. Hulk was a four for me, so don't worry. Well, we're we're on the same page on something. Though. I know we got we got three more books, and I'm I'm ready to maybe give some higher scores. Uh, the next book we got, and actually, uh, I am calling you guys on my phone, so I can't look at what the issue number this is. This is fifty eight. Yes, Batman fifty eight. Yep. This is Mikael Janet uh, Hanin. Excuse me, Mikael Hanin and Tom King, Batman and the Penguin. Um, this issue here mainly focuses on Penguin. We get some Alfred action. So Penguin's like, hey, he uh, gets called. He gets put in jail f- on purpose to meet Bane, and Bane uh, says, hey, I got a job for you. I want you. you like they messed up. Uh, Bruce Wayne is helping out Batman. Um, and I need you to uh, get back at Bruce Wayne. He goes, do you want us to kill Bruce Wayne? He goes, no, I got plans for Wayne. I need you to kill his uh, uh, butler. He says care, uh, caretaker, right? Or something like that. I don't know what he calls him. Anyways. so His, man, his manservant. Manservant. So he's going to go to the Wayne Manor, and Penguin's going to shoot Alfred in the face. Uh, we get a nice little scene, a nice little humor. Of Alfred cleaning off the teeth of the T-Rex because there's blood on it still from when Zoom attacked him in the Batcave. Uh, I thought that was a cool continuity piece. Like that's kind of like how you know how we always make fun of the DC universe. Like it should be more like that. Like the movies, I mean. Yeah. Like it should always be that kind of like subtleness, not like like forced down your throat. Yeah, I did like that they mentioned it quickly and that we didn't get an editor's note that said, hey, see this issue, the button, to see what he's talking about. It was just like, hey, if you know, you know. If you don't, it's just a funny scene anyways. Like, there's blood on the tooth. I'm cleaning it off. Um, then uh, Bruce Wayne or Batman goes out because another person died the same way that uh, in that Mr. Freeze arc somebody died. And uh, here we go, Penguin at the in a helicopter pointing a gun at Alfred. Alfred looks up, red dot right in the face, and uh, we know shit's gonna go down. But then uh, uh, Penguin says, "Hey, don't kill him." No, no, did Penguin say that? Yeah, yeah. hey, don't kill him. Yeah, because Bat- so Batman's on the adventure, or beating the crap out of all Penguin's men, gets to Penguin, and I believe it's at that moment when Bat when Penguin sees Batman, he then tells the henchman, "Hey, um." kill the pilot and then kill yourself. And I tell you what, if those henchmen are not the best listeners there ever were, <laughs> I'm sure there's some amount of brainwash going on. Like he probably, uh, you know, like Danny DeVito with the whole confuse you umbrella. Hypnotized them. Or maybe they eat fish. A lot of mercury is not good for you. Right, Alex? Maybe they eat a lot of mercury. That's true. It stores in your fat cells. So, uh, they don't kill Alfred. They kill each other instead. And then at the end, we have Bruce and Penguin face-to-face and looks like they're going to work out some sort of deal or something's going on. They're maybe going to team up. I know that was part of the, solici- uh, the synopsis of this issue. It said they're going to team up for some reason. Uh, but that's how the book ends. We get face-to-face. Uh, 
What do you guys think? I mean, we've been strong recently with uh, Batman, Tom King. Was this issue up to par with those, or is this just like, hey, this is fun? Absolutely, it was up to par. Like, you know, we haven't touched since issue 50 the fact that Bane's caused all this grief for Batman. I mean, we've talked about it, and, like, I think it was you, Marvin, or who somebody, or maybe it was Alex, somebody in our podcast guessed that, you know, he was going to report to Bane based off the solicitor might have been on the forecast and like Bane there just sitting there like, Hey, we need to talk. And then he has the uh, flashpoint Batman standing right next to him, like as a henchman. It's like, what? This is so nuts. Like he just seems so domineering. And it's like, it reminds me of like Nightfall because you know, the first appearance of Bane and whatnot, like it's, it's like he got broken from that story, and now this is, has been his revenge over the last how many years? Does this Bane know that Bruce is Batman? But oh, 100% he to, does. Okay. Well, I just, I just want to make sure that I'm still on the same page, because the way I understood it is that Bane knows that Bruce is Batman, but is choosing not to tell anybody else, because it's his own personal secret to have, and to almost hold over Bruce even though I'm sure Bruce knows that he knows. But when he talks to Penguin and goes, um, don't kill Bruce Wayne, I've got a plan for him. So I, it made me excited to see the this big, amazing plan that Bane is going to have. Um, the one thing I had, and it's not necessarily a gripe, but I always find that the Michaela Neen issues are not nearly as... There are always a lot of... I don't want to say reading... But this one had a lot of um, prose there, that little poem that we were reading or a little folklore that we're reading um, as Bruce is going around beating up everybody before we show up in front of Penguin. Uh, the art always looks good, but I'm always kind of curious, why is there always so many pro um, brain bubbles? Uh, yeah, actually, I didn't enjoy that part, that poem either, but... I think for some reason, I like, here's the reason why I don't. And I don't even know if the, like this isn't probably fair to say, but I almost feel like it's cheating. Like you're like, hey, let me put this in. It kind of fits with my story, what I'm trying to tell. And uh, I just feels like, I don't know. It's like, okay, if it's short and sweet and or if it's like on the front page, like the first page, I'm almost like, oh, that's cool. Like I understand you want me to read this and be like kind of get into the mood and stuff like that. But when it's part of the book like that, I never like it. Like when it's part of the book like that. So. Oh, yeah. Because like that was like, Eight pages. Issue, I was like, it reminded me of issue nine, where we're in, um, we're at Santa Prisca, and then we're getting this whole big long story of Bruce writing down his thoughts and blah 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 blah. It's like, okay, but that didn't need to be said all right then and there. It didn't need to be throughout the whole issue or the last three fourths. Yeah, the rest of the issue I enjoyed. That was the only part where I was like, ah, I don't really like this part. But like what Garrett was saying, I did love that Bane was part of the story again. So we're kind of getting back to like making people aware that Bane isn't, in case you forgot from eight issues ago, Bane is doing all this. Like, Bane's the, the mastermind behind all of this. And I did like the continuity parts where they talked about the Zoom story. And um, at the end, it was interesting to me to be like, okay, what's going to happen now? Like, I'm not sure what's Penguin. Why Why did he tell his uh, goons to back off? Like, what did Bruce say to him at that point or Batman say to him at that point that was like, hey, okay, don't do this. So we'll find that out in the next issue and what maybe they'll work together on. But for me, I was like, okay, this is solid. I mean, it's, I feel like there were stronger runs, a uh, stronger arcs uh, previous to this that I don't know that Mr. Freeze arc. I don't know if he can top it, um, but it's still good. 
Like it's still like it's if it's not on par with that, it at least at least it's just almost there uh, for me at least. Yeah, I mean, if this is fifty eight and Tom King wants to write till issue one hundred or probably beyond that, like it's cool that like we're legitly getting to the end game. Like I know that was an arc at one time, but uh, this bane storyline is just getting better and better by the second and i all i picture is bane sitting on his throne in santa prisca he's just been plotting this forever and he's like playing mental chess but there's no one playing against him yet so that is just super cool and like makes bane so like everyone just thinks of bane sometimes as just super physical opponent but he is actually very intelligent and he's not a big dumb brute so uh very cool how this is all coming together uh, for me, this was like a solid eight. Like it was like, like high. Like it is almost a nine. But I really didn't enjoy that poem, and it was for like most of the issues. So, uh, for me, it's an eight. It's really good though. Yeah, I would say eight. You know, don't chastise me for this, but like I started reading that, and I started almost ignoring it and just watched looking at the uh, art. To that's tell what the story. I did. I and like after the fourth one, I was like, I'm not gonna read this poem. So I just looked at the panels. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a little much for a sequence where Batman's coming in and beating up people. Like, I think the thing is that if that poem hadn't been in there, that would have actually been a 10 because it would have just been a silent issue of Bruce taking everybody out, and I would have loved the crap out of it. But I would give this book an 8 with that 18 pages of poem that I didn't want to read. Alex, what else do we get here? We got Marvel Knights, one of six. Uh, this may have been my strongest issue of the week. We, that was we pretty awesome. Daredevil, or Matthew Murdoch, wakes up in a graveyard, and he's not sure where he's at or why he's this place. Frank Castle in this issue is a cop showing up going, Hey, uh, Matt Murdoch, I know who you are, Daredevil. And Matt's like, I don't know who that is. I This book actually blew me away. This is not what I was expecting to get. As Frank Castle's telling you, hey, look at that, that little weirdo dude in the back of my car. That's Bruce Banner. I'm waiting for this guy to hulk out, and he's not. Uh, and we got a whole list of names that Frank's got to go find. So, Alex, this won't make sense to you, but... This very much reminded me of Lost, like the Lost finale where they're all starting to remember who they are. Like, it's very cool that these there's this new universe, basically, where all these characters forget who they are. And so certain people are starting to remember and some people are still kept in the dark. Um, you know, I especially thought of Marvin this issue because whoever the who the reveal is at the very end, which was so cool. Like, I didn't see it coming, to be honest. Because I think that the current Marvel Universe, I mean, here, I'm just going to say it. Everyone, you read this, right, Marvel? Can I say hey, Can I say something here quick? Yeah. Um, I feel like Alex right now, you both are saying you love this book. I fucking hated this issue. <laughs> really? I hated it so much. I was like, God, I don't find this interesting. I travel for a minute. I did like his art on Animal Man, but on this issue, I didn't like it at all. Like, it was hard to read for me. The writing I didn't feel was on par. It felt weak to me. And then we got to the end, baby. And here comes Kingpin growling to somebody. I was like, who would he be growling to? And they cut to uh, Dr. Doom. And I, you know yeah. what I said to myself? I go, I'm in. 
Right, exactly. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't like it that much. I don't know what it was. You guys were talking about it. I was like, yeah, I guess that's kind of cool. And then, you know, but I don't, I don't know. Like, I found it. It wasn't boring to me, but I did not feel it was interesting. Like, for me, like, I read it. I was like, all right. But it all felt like, and maybe it's just because it's the first issue. And it, but it all felt like, I don't know, it's too simple and surface level. I was just like, what's, I quote, yeah, like, okay. Like, I know it's supposed to be, it's not in continuity. This is a different universe. It's a Marvel Knights universe. So obviously, some things are going to be different. Um, but still, like, I couldn't, I don't know what it was. I, I, I'm highly thinking, and I don't want to like throw this out there, but I'm really thinking it was the art. Like, I really didn't like that art. I mean, I think maybe that just threw me off. Like, I feel like maybe if it was a different artist, I would have liked it. Um, but also some of the dialogue for me was like, ah, I hadn't really, so I like, it kept taking me out for those two reasons. So maybe that's why I never got into it, but. I think a part of it though is that it doesn't actually feel like a Donny Cates book. There's nothing super uber refreshing. Like when I read Thanos or when I read the first part of Venom or when I read, um, Cosmic Ghost Rider, there's things that he does when he writes a book and especially about a character that is established in a different fashion. And then he changes things or gives you more um, lore to learn about them. In this book, everything was just kind of like you said, it's flat. There isn't really anything too diabolical. Because when when Deadpool, or not Deadpool, when Bullseye is revealed, I'm like, oh, big whoop de doo. Of course, Deadpool, or God, not Deadpool. Of course, Bullseye's there. Then who else would Bullseye go to talk to? Who would have hired him? Oh, Kingpin, big whoop de doo. I will admit, the end surprise where you find out that's Doctor Doom with crossbones and Taskmaster. I was like, okay, that, that isn't really got me. me. Like I didn't think it'd be Doctor Doom at all. Um, I thought it'd be somebody else. But yeah, I think the most predictable part was the whole Bullseye going to Kingpin. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I really agree uh, with you on that, Alex. That like Donny Cason didn't do anything with this. Like I don't. I think this is unlike anything that's happened before. It might have happened another like universes like got like dc universe or like some other book but in this case these characters don't even remember who they are and this is setting up an entire line of storytelling and you can't you can't do so little each issue that uh nothing huge happens because of it so clearly like daredevil is a big main player in this entire story and Punisher is Bruce Banner. And I think eventually like more of the plot's going to reveal itself. I don't know. For me, I really enjoyed it. Like, I think that it's unlike anything I've read with Marvel before. It was fun and exciting because you don't have to focus on the continuity boundaries that we always have to in Marvel, you know, daredevil doing what he does Punisher. I'm sure that envelope, that note was a skull on it. I mean, we don't actually see it, but, I don't know. I thought it was really refreshing. And like, I was, I don't think I had as much gripes about the art like you did, Marvin. I think, you know, it worked because that's more like street level art, I think, for those characters. Uh, the only one that looked super dorky was actually Bruce Banner, but I think that was the point. Um, oh, I actually, I thought that um, Kingpin looked dorky. Uh, let me clarify. He, he, I wasn't, I didn't, skinny. I didn't know, also, I didn't just enjoy the end because Dr. Drew was there. That was a big reason, but. Uh, because that end, that kind of with Bullseye and Kingpin groveling in front of somebody, and you turn around and Taskmaster's there with bone, uh, uh, crossbones and uh, uh, Doctor Doom, that was surprising for me. That was the first thing in the issue. I was like, okay, that's different. So that's why I was in. I was like, this that feels different. All the rest of it felt like, okay, 
you're in a different universe and it kind of feels like it's not really that different. But then when you got to that part, I was like, okay, that's cool. So I don't, I don't know. I, I'm actually going to read more of this because I do like Donny Cates and I'll, I'll trust him to read some more. It's nine issues or six? Six. So I do, he's good with six issue series and that ending for me enough was like, okay, we'll see where he goes, how crazy he's going to get this to be. Um, but before that, I was like, I'm not getting another issue. And then we got to the end, I was like, all right, well, I'll try out the next one. So for me, um, and this is going to seem harsh, but for me, this was a three. A three? Yeah, I really hated that beginning part. And so we got to the end. I have a feeling you're going to hate this whole book then. <laughs> I'm sitting around an eight for this. Like, I enjoyed it. I wasn't bored. And like I was entranced by the end of the issue, so I'll give it an eight. I actually I did enjoy this issue. The art didn't bother me as much as it did for Marvin. Obviously, I'm five points ahead. Way to go, me! Uh, and not that the story is necessarily super refreshing, but it was just fun to read this kind of book. I think a part of it for me is it feels elseworldish. So the rules of these characters is out for the most part, which I enjoy. All right, on to the final book of the night. We got Dead Rabbit, number two, written by Gary Dugan with artist uh, John McCrea. Uh, this book is really good because it's a high-intensity like action book with also a lot of comedy. Like I didn't expect there to be as much comedy in this series as there is. Like It's super... It's just kind of like watching like Lethal Weapon or like Die Hard or anything like that, except you're seeing it from the actual bad guy's side, and he's very humorous. You know, but the thing is that, and I don't remember what his real name is, but his alias of Dead Rabbit, he um he doesn't seem like he's a bad guy. He used to be a bad, you know, he used to be a thief. Um, his I don't know if this was his girlfriend, his wife, his female friend. She's in the I think hospital. it's his. I think it's his girlfriend. I'm not sure. I don't remember there being wife talk, but his female friend or his girlfriend is, you know, in the hospital and they need money. So he obviously goes back to his old ways. This almost felt like Ant Man kind of thing, where this character wanted to be better, but you kind of get sucked into your old life again when things get hard or when you need to make money. And so our our protagonist goes to his old friend uh wheels obviously was a driver way back when and he goes hey i got this this job for you you want to come with me and the wheels like oh hell yeah i'll go with you and uh to find out that wheels had a little bit of a problem he likes to drink to calm his nerves and he's gotten a little old and rusty so oh and he also was diabetic right wow that's what he said but yeah. He also was. Ta- I think you see at least two pulls of him from that bottle before he even like before the end of the robbery. So uh, he's just old and a drunk, and so he just passed out. He was blaming it on. He's like, "Oh, I just had a diabetic, uh, whatever." <laughs> sugar. He actually did. Yeah, I think that was just so, bullshit. So dead rabbits at the uh, at the bank talking to everybody. Hey, I'm not going to hurt you. Uh, hey, bro, do you remember me? And that teller or the bank manager is like yeah i remember you okay just tell everybody not gonna be a problem just give me the money and i'll be on my way well no it was cooler it was cooler than that he was like don't put that uh exploding spray stuff in there the trackers he's like i know you have to put it in there but talk to your boss he knows who i am tell him that not to do that he's like okay don't mess this guy he's fucking crazy like 
seriously, go against bank regulation here and do not put that in the bag. Seriously? Okay. <laughs> huh? I, thought, I thought you had more to say after seriously. So you threw me off. Um, um, but I like I like the driveway part. So we're driving, we're speeding away, run, 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 and was the the bottle rolls up underneath the brakes. So yeah, she can't stop. stop. <laughs> so they run. Oh my gosh! Run into a bus, and his friend is not but or buckled in. Bursts through the windshield, hits the bus, run, flies. Oh my god! I laugh so hard reading this book. And then as Dead Rabbit goes to run away, leaves his friend and goes, oh, man, I don't know if I, I guess I shouldn't do that. Goes and gets his friend, sticks him in a cart, all of him beaten up and broken. Takes him to the hospital where he's now going to see his girlfriend. God, this book was good. I'm glad I picked up this issue. Yeah, I mean, issue one, you just get some kind of backstory on who Dead Rabbit is. And then you kind of, the cliffhanger is the villain of this villain is someone that got, he was like a mafia man that got robbed by dead rabbit, apparently, supposedly. And come to find, um, in this issue, like wheels asked him kind of like as a myth, he's like, Hey, did you steal that like million dollars from this guy? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like playing it off. that He has no clue. He's like, must've been some other crook or something. So there's like this huge, mystery or like conspiracy that he may have done it or not. And that's kind of fun. Like, and the fact that he's denying it, but it doesn't make sense for the story. If he did do that, because he'd be paying for his girlfriend slash wife's hospital bills. Well, but I'm wondering if, if, if he did use it or did steal it, that he used it already, or he lost it to somebody else and maybe he owned or had to give money to somebody else. But at the end True. of this issue where Wheels is bro- laying broken in this bed at the hospital, there's a group of three, looks like uh, enforcers for whomever, whomever, if it's well, the big boss. Well, one, the one in the middle is the big boss. He's like, okay, I have a question okay. for you. Okay. And so now my, my only thing is a disclaimer. I haven't read issue one yet. I don't have it. I will be getting it, but I haven't read it. So I'm missing just maybe that one key part. I didn't know that guy had been introduced yet. That guy has been on the last page of both books. He hasn't been in any other pages, so you're not missing much. Just he's oh, the I guy see. who he's the guy who got robbed, like a he's huge amount of money. Yeah, he's the big mafia boss that got robbed, and he thinks it's Dead Rabbit who did it. So, mm. um, and he knows that Dead Rabbit worked with Wheels, right? Right. Yeah, he knows that okay. he has to because I don't know why he would interrogate Wheels. I mean, yeah, he has to obviously if he's here, right? Um, now also in the first issue is his wife slash girlfriend, like does not want him to be dead rabbit anymore. She wants him to be done with that life. And so she's starting to get suspicious in that first issue. And then in the second one, he comes running in like huffing and puffing and then like kicks that bag under her bed. And she's like, why are you huffing and puffing? And and he's like, uh, I might've had to work again. And she was like furious. She's like, are you kidding me? Like you going back to this life and he's like, I have to do it. Like credit cards are maxed out. Like we don't have as much money as we used to. So I have to do this. And then it kind of fades. Um, and wheels and wheels is broken in half. So, you know, I got to pay for his bills now too. <laughs> right. 
So basically, it's him getting all this money is like he's spinning out of control quicker than he thought he would. Like he's not in his youth anymore, able to rob a bank and get pull it off like 100% anymore. Um, I think the mask is so cool. I think his outfit in general is just awesome. And like, yeah, like I think we said this in the beginning of this review is like his demeanor when like robbing a bank. He's like super comical and super chill about it. He's like, hey, no one's going to die as long as you do exactly as I say. And if you don't, well, he's going to kill you. <laughs> so he's, he doesn't, he has no fear of being very violent, but he tries not to be if he doesn't have to, but it literally doesn't cost him any grief if he has to. Hmm. Um, I think I'd give this a nine. Actually, this, this is really good. I think you're going to love issue one number more like, issue one more, but yeah, this is a nine. Uh, super, super good. Definitely going to check out issue three. It's just a fun and exciting story. Uh, told from a different side of the uh, the hero. I mean, I don't even say hero villain. More like told from a villain's point of view. But it's almost like he's he's trying to. I mean, it's almost like a Robin Hood thing to an extent. Yeah, he's, I'd he's say stealing right. money from the bank. I mean, I guess that's a bad guy thing to do. But he's not even using it just to get rich. He's using it to pay bills. So it's. I mean, he's got the right idea. He's just doing it the wrong way. Right. There you go, Dead Rabbit number two. We had Marvel Knights number one, Batman number fifty-eight, Incredible. Excuse me, Immortal Hulk number eight. Also, right? Um, yep. The uh, illustrious book, um, James Bond, James number Bond number one, and, uh, and Green Lantern I, number one. The Green Lantern number one. Those are the comic books. Correction: It was James Bond 007. James Bond 007 number one. Uh, get your comic books where you usually get them. Local comic book shop or online anytime. Uh, like I, I will say, I don't run your life. You figure out what to do. Um, <laughs> you do notice how I was selling in the James Bond because I forgot it. The illustrious. I don't even know what that means. Um, there we go, guys. Here we go. This is we usually at the end of the show we uh, give you guys a little game here. I have a game that I it, it is from the past. We have played it before. At one time, it was known as this or that. And recently, I renamed it Confidence Man. Um, but here we are again with this game. So basically, so you guys, if you remind the audience, I'm going to remind the audience how it works. And probably in the same time, remind Garrett and Alex how it works. Um, I'm going to give you a choice. Do you want to be this person or this person? You answer. You ask me all the questions you can. Make sure you, answer, you ask me all the questions you can. I need to know. If you want to know which one to pick, you got to ask the questions. I'm a full. I'm I'm fully open for all answers, but you need to ask me questions now. Usually, I would be like, Alex, this one's for you. Garrett, this one's for you. But I'm gonna give them both to you, and you both would ask me questions, and then we gotta settle on an answer, uh, not jointly. You guys can pick different answers if you want to. I mean, if, depending on how you interrogate me, if uh, you decide to go one way and Alex decides the other way, that's cool. But that's the way it's gonna roll. And then I do have specific questions for you guys at the end. So the first one here. Would you rather? Oh, excuse me. That's a uh, copyright. I can't do that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Confidence man says this or that. Hulk or Venom? Which one would you rather be? Hulk or Venom? Uh, definitely Hulk. You're gonna Wait, ask me questions. I, yeah, so uh, I'm gonna ask questions first. Okay. Uh, you know, you know, you're gonna get screwed. <laughs> let's see. Um, do uh, am, am I, I am I in control of Hulk? Uh, are you control Hulk? Alex says, and Garrett says, am I intelligent? I'm going to say those are about kind of the same thing. 
yeah, you're okay. You, you're kind of like the Hulk to how he is in this Immortal Hulk. Like, you know he can talk full sentences. You're not like Hulk smash. You're kind of like, hey, I, full sentences. You're fully aware that you're the Hulk and you know what you're doing. Do I become the Hulk because I'm upset, angry, or do I become the Hulk because it's nighttime? What is my, um, what's my release into becoming the Hulk? Uh, we are going to go classic. We're going to go nighttime. Okay. Nice. <clears throat> my um, Venom suit I... is a oh, symbiote. Uh, the Venom suit is, yes, it's a symbiote. Uh, Garrett, sorry, what's your question? Uh, as the Hulk, am I dating Betty Ross? Uh, no, you're not. You're, this is not like you're fully like the Hulk within the Marvel world. This is you in this life today Oh, as the Hulk. Okay. Hmm. Does my whole body turn into the Hulk, or do I only get like Hulk arms? No, you turn into the Hulk. You'll turn into the okay. Hulk. That's fine. Um, as Venom, yes. does the symbiote take over and control my mind? Uh, yes, it does. It does function. I mean, it is a, a symbolic. I mean, symbiote kind of relationship. You both are kind of like. Depends if you so are strong will. We are venom. Not we just are. I am venom. Yeah, yeah. it is the we. Um, if I'm Hulk in this universe, am I the only gamma radiated creature in this planet? Yes. Once again, it is how it is today. Except you would be the Hulk. Okay. So sure. no other scenarios, no other superheroes. Even if you're Venom and the Venom one, you're Venom. Like this is a Garrett today uh, going to the comic book shop, and he happens to be the Hulk. Also, is the government hunting me down? Uh, no, no, no. <clears throat> you guys want to settle on answer here, Hulk or Venom? Hundred uh, percent Hulk. Hundred percent Hulk. Garrett says Alex. <sighs> As Venom, uh, I'm gonna go with Venom. No, 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 no. Hang on. Am I the Tom Hardy piece of shit Venom? No, you're not. Okay. Am I Venom like he is now in the comic books, or am I Venom like he was in the past? You mean like the most recent issue where he's suppressed, or the, at the beginning of this Hulk run? I mean, excuse me, beginning at, the, at the beginning at the beginning of Donnie's run. Beginning of Donnie's run. Okay. And yes. And do I have the the grudge like Eddie Brock would? originally from like the cartoons or even the comics where I hate Peter Parker and Spider-Man. No, because it's Alex today being Venom. There's no Peter Parker involved. Okay. Okay. I'm going to choose. I'm going to go with Venom. I want to be Venom. You guys uh, asked a lot of questions. You didn't ask the correct questions. So um, Garrett as the Hulk, what you don't know is yes, when you're the Hulk, it's fantastic. You are the Hulk as you know him in the Marvel comics. But when you turn back to Bruce Banner, you're still green and you smell like broccoli. So you got to deal with that all the time. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> I smell like what? Broccoli. You smell like broccoli. Okay. It's <laughs> not uh, the worst. Steamed broccoli. That's not horrible. By the way, steamed broccoli. I love steamed broccoli. Well, I hope everybody else does too, because that's how you smell. Uh, and you look green. So, you know, you get to deal with people asking you why you're green when you're just Garrett walking down the street. So, maybe you just turn yeah. to the Hulk all the time. You can, oh, no, it's only at night. So, during the day, you're green, smell like broccoli. That's right. Venom, Alex, you didn't ask enough questions. You asked a lot of good questions, but not the correct one. Uh, when you're not Venom, when you're outside of the symbiote suit, you're just constantly slobbering and you can't have wear clothes because the symbiote um, always gets rid of your clothes when you put it on. So uh, so I'm naked all the time and I can't stop drooling. You either are Venom and you're sharing your mind with the symbiote or you're Alex, you're slobbering and naked. So that's, I mean, 
That's how it is. Depending on the day, that's not the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about normal. Next question here. Ant-Man or the Atom? Ant-Man or the Atom? Any questions on multiple questions? Um... Can I, as the atom, be subatomic? Uh, yes, you can. You can be subatomic. Same, same question for Ant-Man. Do you go subatomic? You can. It's a little dangerous, but you can. Okay. Can I grow to giant man or a giant atom? Yes, you can. What happens when I'm not Ant-Man or Adam? What if I'm just me? Uh, What's if, my downfall? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, what What is uh, when you're not? So if I'm if to... I'm not if if I'm not using my atom powers, what's the downfall is just human me. I need more specifics. What specific downfall are you looking for? Okay, as as Ant-Man, if I'm not Ant-Man and I'm just Alex. Do you mean your mind? Do you mean your body? Do you mean, like, do you... Mentally, spend... how, how stable am I Mentally, when I'm outside you're 100%, of... you're 100% stable. You're Alex Pichirol. Okay, as Ant-Man, what's my physicality as just a person, Ant-Man? not my superhero? Okay, let me describe yourself. Ant-Man, when you uh, go back to normal uh, size, we'll say, uh, the only thing that doesn't change your hands are still small. Oh, jeez. Even when you grow up to Giant Man, your hands don't grow, so you always have small hands. <laughs> so if you're the Atom, does time affect you differently when you're subatomic or really big? It's a good question. It's built into a suit, so it doesn't affect you physically, but time will pass outside uh, at a quicker rate, so you need to make sure that you're not subatomic for too long. But physically, it won't affect you that much. <laughs> Do you so have any other questions, Al? Any questions, <laughs> Adam? Think, no, I'm going to choose the Adam. Yeah, I'm Adam. You both <laughs> choose the Adam. So as Ant-Man, like you said, hand, that was the only downside for Ant-Man. Your hands would always stay shrunk. As the Adam... You guys ask good questions. Maybe you should have done the same question for Adam. When you're normal size, your feet stay shrunk. They're all small. So everything else, normal size, the feet would always stay subatomic. <laughs> so you'd basically be dragging on your feet. knees. Uh, I could live with having small feet. We got small feet then. I mean, it's just small feet. At least you get prosthetic feet. That's fine. At least, yeah, I know. You can get some good shoes then. Um, those are the questions for both of you. I'm going to go single questions here. Alex first. Alex, would you rather, and these are more, uh, these do have caveats, so I need some answers, but I feel like, uh, they're not that bad. Um, would you rather have a Batmobile or the Batcave? So the Batmobile, that's all you get. The Batmobile, it comes with all the gizmos or a Batcave. And then yes, the Batcave comes fully stocked. But not with the any vehicles, just like with the computer, without the Batmobile and okay. the T Rex and the the Penny, all that shit. So the no, there are like there's actually something wrong with each of these options. Whatever I choose, I wouldn't say wrong. Obviously, they're more realistic. They're not like hey, which uh, there's dynamite in one of them. That's not like that. We're not going crazy. It's not unexpected. But I do need some uh, questions. I mean, it's not like I'm gonna have small feet if I choose the Batmobile, right? No, nothing with nothing with you. Okay. Okay. Um, which Batmobile is it? Is it Dark Knight? Is it no, Tim it's, Burton? It's the animated, uh, series? animated series one. Yeah. Oof, it's a good choice. Uh, how many seats are in my chair or in my car? Two. There's only one. There's two seats. There's two. Two seater. Okay. Two seater, and then you got a little kind of thing in the back. Uh, it's not really a seat, but you can push it back there. 
Is there, can I reverse in this car? <laughs> you can reverse in this car. Yep. Okay. Car's fully functional. Guess what? It actually has rockets on the side, so you kind of go, you can also kind of drift to the sides. Uh, do I need to worry about when I shrink my car like in Batman Forever? Does it have the ability to only become a sliver of a car? Can I turn it into the bat cycle like I do in Dark Knight, even though it is the animated series bike? Am I cartoon Batman? Holy shit, man. That's like seven questions. Uh, You are Alex Pastorella. You aren't Batman when you have this vehicle. It's just like you have this vehicle. Um, And it's just the Batmobile. It can't morph into anything else. Okay. So I'm just Alex, but I have a sweet-ass car. Uh, The Batcave, is it literally underground, like in a cave? Yes, it is. Uh, Does it have those wicked drop-offs like most of those caves seem to have? Yes, it does. And do I have the cave uh, electrically powered, so I at least have lights down there? Yep, everything's on. Lights are on, computers on, everything. Got a T-Rex. Uh, I'm going to go with the Batmobile. He How sweet would that be? He is going to go with a Batmobile. Alex, a Batmobile, that's a good choice. The only thing is it takes uh, plutonium to run, so you got to figure out how to find that. So, uh, I mean, you got a fully functional Batmobile. Just got to figure out how to run that sucker. So maybe just put what it. What was wrong with the cave? Bad cave. Here we go. Good thing. Good thing you asked. Bad cave. Uh, all the floors are consistently wet, so you got to wash your step. But otherwise, it's okay. But it's constantly wet and slippery. So wow, <laughs> I would slip down the stairs and die. I think I'm better off with the Batmobile. <laughs> the Batmobile, you can put it in your driveway. You just can never really drive it anywhere. So that might be Use cool it enough. One time. Uh, here we go, Garrett. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Would you rather fight, be able to... No, excuse me. Would you rather... Excuse me. I almost said the wrong word. Would you rather have Bruce Wayne money or Superman's body? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um, Bruce Wayne money, Superman's body. Bruce Wayne does, money, does, Superman's body. Does Superman's body. body come with his powers? Uh, No, it's just the body. Well, his body. You will has have you will molecules have a, that get no, uh, enriched by the L suns. So. You will be like buff, and you can you can obviously you're strong, but you're not Superman strong. You're just like if like you worked you basically had worked out to look like Superman. That's I mean you're having his body in terms of like how it looks. Is this money from like Bruce Wayne money? Is it actual U.S. American dollars? Yes, it is. So it's not Monopoly money or nope, anything like it's that. It's real money. Uh, can I also tell you about Superman? You didn't. You didn't ask me this, but I'm going to give you a free one here. Superman's body. Um, you, if you choose that one, you always have that body. You don't have to keep it up. You don't have. You never Ooh. lose it. Like that's your body. Wow, that does change things. Hmm. <laughs> what? I gotta, I, no, I just got a question I want to ask for yeah. you, Garrett. Yeah. Um, if he has Superman's body, if he eats a lot of turkey dinners. Does that can that body expand? No, it's always Superman's more body. food. I mean, I can eat whatever I want. It's basically an endless void. I'm saying that your body can't expand, so you always have a six pack. But if you eat, 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 your food has nowhere to go other than to push on your bladder and your. That's shit the stuff. thing, though, Alex. It's kind of like magic, and the food it just disappears. But he, so he he does get n- nutrients from it, you know. But uh, the food doesn't make him change his body at all. So like his body's absorbing what's good, and that's it. 
So that way he doesn't go. He doesn't starve, but he also doesn't get any fat or anything like that. He just keeps Superman's body. Wow. Um. So, is there any limit to the Bruce Wayne money? The Bruce Wayne money. Good question. Good question. Just like Superman's body, Bruce Wayne money. Since in the comic books and from anything else, we we never see him run out. You will also never run out. Ooh. Um. For having this much wealth, do I make the rest of the world poor? No, no, you do not. That money, just like Superman's body, you don't know how it's all a mystery. Uh, that money, they never know where it comes from. You just constantly have it. And is my money taxed by the IRS? Well, I mean, it's going to be taxed as the appropriate rate as part of the 1%, but uh, uh, you, you probably can find ways around it, but I'm not legally, I can't advise you on that. Hmm. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. wait. There's, one more, there, okay. there's, there's one more question you should ask, Garrett. And I, as a Superman body, are you well endowed? Uh, that question I I'm can't just, answer. I don't, want, I don't want you to lose anything. I mean, it's not, it's not obviously, I'm not saying it's going to be like, uh, it's not, that's not the caveat. He's not going to have a small one, but I'm just saying, I'm not sure what Superman carries around with him. So, well, I'm, not, I, um, I'm pretty to, sure you can see, uh, his red underwear is not holding everything back, if you know what I mean. So, but you do know if you have no fat, you know sometimes it does appear like it, you are packing more than you actually are. So, I'm just saying. I, I don't know. I, I'm not a scientist. So, all right, I got my answer. Which one? I'm not a scientist. I'm gonna pick Bruce Wayne money because yes, I can afford a f- awesome personal trainer and a, f- a chef to make my meals, like Chris Pratt for me so i never have to worry about making wrong food choices because i won't be allowed to um, i can pay off all my loans i can buy a nice car i can buy a mansion i can buy a bad cave i can buy a batmobile um yeah so bruce wayne money 100 percent. you also remember this is garrett in real life you have bruce wayne money so that batmobile all that shit you have to figure out Fine. how to make it first, uh, right I mean, i'm saying it's yeah, possible I'll with pay, r&d I'll and all this shit somebody else i know I'll you, you that's else. what i'm saying but it's gonna take some time it's not gonna be right away you can't just buy a Batmobile. You have to figure out how to do that shit first. Well, I'll tip them a lot if they get it done fast. Here's the caveat. You, did, you asked some good questions, and Alex kind of tried to help you out here, but you didn't ask the appropriate questions. If you have Bruce Wayne money from the second you say, I want Bruce Wayne money, you will have that money in your bank account. But also, from that second, you constantly, constantly, 24-7, will be involved in a fight. There's constantly somebody coming at you. <laughs> So, I mean, eventually you can hire how do you, uh, hire bodyguards, but you better get them quick, buddy, because the second it gets on your account, they're after you. It's kind of almost like uh, Red Dead 2 just came out, right? When you get wanted and they come after you, that's all. they're always after you. Like Grand Theft Auto, when you get that five stars, that's what it's like, except they're criminals. Wow. So you better get ready to fight, buddy. Maybe you can live long enough to use that money and buy some bodyguards, and then at that point you can make a fortress, you know, but you got to get to that point. I'm saying right away what? you got to start running. If I always have a limited stream of money, why don't I just pay them off? Uh, no, they're it's like it's like almost like uh, twenty eight days later they got rage. They don't stop. Oh. They're like NPCs. Mm. They don't have any brains. They just go after you. I just I say, fight. It sounds like they don't want money anymore. They just want you dead. They just want to fight you. So mm. I don't know. I mean, eventually with that trainer, and I'm not saying everybody wants to fight you. There are certain these. You'll know who they are. They're all they all look the same. They're all the same. Like it's almost like they're just like a clone. They're always coming at you. Um, once you defeat one, you get like an hour break and then here comes the next one. It's got to generate. So 
Uh, you will have some time. So maybe the first one's going to be a little rough. Maybe you have to improvise and break off a chair leg and beat the shit out of that guy. And then you have an hour to find a bodyguard. It won't be hard with that Bruce Wayne money. And uh, and you start building your army. And then eventually you need an army to fight off these guys. But it's always going to be one guy. So eventually you get to a point where you can stop one guy at every hour. So. Oh, wait, wait. You're only fighting one guy at a time? Yeah. Oh, thank you. You got that. But 24-7, oh, shit, do you understand me? You understand me? 24-7. I thought, you were, I thought you were getting, like, I thought you were getting beat up by, like, a 10 yeah, bands That's what I was, I was thinking. Like, it was, like, a gang. No, it's just one guy, but I'm oh, saying that. this guy, until he gets to a point where he's hiding, hiding, uh, hiring bodyguards and, and people to guard him, he has to fight out this one guy. So, Garrett today, like, he's not, he's Garrett right now, has to fight off a guy until he figures that shit out. I got an idea. I'll go grab hashtag guest host one. Go into the middle of a huge crowd, put on a fake mustache, and just walk away. <laughs> You're an idiot. That won't work. Yeah, uh, <laughs> will get beat up. The Superman one, if you're wondering, Superman's body, you have his body. It never changes. Uh, the only thing is with that, all over your body, you didn't ask appropriate questions for this, but you didn't pick it. So, you know, maybe you didn't think to ask this. All over your body, you have uh, a nice thick layer of hair. And I'm not talking like you're hairy, like a, a man. It's almost chimp-like. So you, oh, boy. You got this buff body, but it's chimp-like hair. Not the face. Everywhere else, though. So you got a human face. Yeah. Everywhere else, hair. You're always wearing a sweater. So wow. But you're ripped. <laughs> and that's something, though, just like your body can never be changed, the hair can never be shaved. So you figure <laughs> it out. If you want to go with Superman's body. You know what? I still do it. You got chimp body? It's pretty good. I go chimp body for that kind of abs. Yeah, but you could never see them. <laughs> huh? So no one would know. I mean, who cares? Eventually, uh, once you see... The stomach of a of a monkey, and, like, that's the most seeable part. Yeah, well, it's, it's going to be a little hairy. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah, there's some port, parts where it will be less hairy, but it's still, like, chimp-like. Look at a chimp. That's how you look like. Besides the face. The face is still, you're okay in the face part. It only goes up to, like, your shoulders, and you're good. So, so I don't know which one you pick. I mean, the Bruce Wayne one is probably the better one, but it's going to take some time. I'm telling you, it's taking some time. If you come up when with a good throwing, plan, when I'm throwing those thousand dollar bills away, like they're nothing to get protection, I'm sure uh, it'll be all right. I know. Once you get there, it's all right. But I'm saying the first couple fights, you got to survive like three, four fights before you're good. So King Garrett kill four or five people in a row. <laughs> I like I'll just, nah, I already know how to get away. You just run around objects because they can't get to you if they are they're just a certain amount of weight. That's the thing though, like they don't stop, so you will get exhausted. They will not. Then I'll get a, I'll go on a, uh, what's it called, a Ferris wheel and go to the top and I'll just hang out. These people are relentless. Like I said, twenty eight days later. So I mean. They could climb it. They could, they're you. You're surprised. They seem like they're almost like robot like. Like it's almost like I robot. This guy's after you. So I mean, he's not. He doesn't have any hand strength, but uh, he will not. He doesn't have any kind of fear of dying or anything like that. He's going after you. I'm surprised we're still talking about this guy coming to fight you. I'm just trying to make it clear here that Garrett has to fight out this man. His only purpose in life is to kill Garrett. And I'm saying Garrett made a better choice than the Superman one, probably. I mean, Superman Bruce Wayne money is not nothing to bat an eye at, but he has to kill four to five of these guys before he probably can find help. <laughs> I like how you and I, as his friends, are not helping him fight. Oh this no, one I'm not helping guy. this guy. I don't care how much fucking money. Oh he no, has. you guys are just slowing me down. Uh, 
WednesdayComics605 at gmail.com. Email us your choices there. <laughs> do you want Bruce Wayne money? You want that Superman body? Do you like chimp hair? You go chimpanzee? Do you go dala dala? One of the two, and this guy's going to come after you. Um, it's almost like, you know, he's almost like the Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne doesn't have any kind of powers. He's almost like Jason Bourne-ish. And he's coming after Garrett. Who knows? But Garrett says he can fight him. He's going to break off a chair leg and stab him in the face. So, um, you know what, Garrett? Why don't we just get in your car and run him over? Can you pay some people off of that Bruce Wayne money and say, hey, he's coming at me. Don't say anything, right? So, right. Garrett, I'll lend, you, I'll lend you my Batmobile that I can only use like one time. Yeah, he's perfect. That's right, Alex. When you first get it, it is full, but then once it's done, you need some more plutonium. So, and maybe you can get with Garrett and he can buy you plutonium. So, look at that. You guys made some good choices out there. So, and it is a two seater, so maybe you could just drive around and you guys would never have to stop. Uh, uh, at Wednesday Comics on Twitter, at Alex Mistrell, say hello. If you want to ride in the Batmobile, give him some plutonium. He'll give you a ride around the block. At Garat2188, he's got that Bruce Wayne money. Hit him up. Uh, but also, you probably have to protect him. He'll probably say, hey, I'll give you 20 bucks. You punch the guy in the face. I'll give you a thousand. Oh, yeah. You got Bruce Wayne money. You give people a million. It's unlimited. At Marvin underscore Saguero. That's me. Um, at uh, excuse me, Facebook.com slash Wednesday Comics Podcast. That is the Facebook page. Like that and share that with your friends. Friends love Facebook and you love your friends. YouTube, find us on YouTube. We have the gauntlet on there and we also have this show on there. So make sure to go to our YouTube page and see that there. Leave a voicemail, 605-215-1849. You can leave a voicemail for many things, but one of the things is a book club breaker. Wednesday Comics, League of Extraordinary Gentle People proudly presents... The so- oh, Saga of the Swamp Thing, Volume 2. That you will suck. be the first week of January, so read that, send in your tweets, send in your Facebook messages, emails, and 605-215-1849. Drop us a little voicemail there. Also, I want people to know, when you call that, uh, we have a secretary. She picks it up nice, and she says, hey, just leave a message. Nobody's going to answer it. It is just an answering service. So go ahead and leave a voicemail. If you think you don't really want to call in like that and you want to kind of like listen to it before you voicemail, send it to us in an uh, email. That's fine, too. We'll play on the show if you send us an MP3. Uh, maybe wave. Whatever you want to do. I don't care. I don't know what kind of audio types you like. Uh, RootsoftheSwampThing.com, your definitive source for all things Swamp Thing. Follow him on Twitter at DC World Swampy and on Facebook. Excuse me, Facebook.com slash RootsoftheSwampThing. RootsoftheSwampThing.com is the website. Holland Files number three is now available for pre-order. So go to the website and pre-order it. There's some instructions on there. Or go to the Facebook page or Twitter. They're both on there. And pre-order this thing. It does sell fast. I think within a week last time it was almost gone. So make sure you get it out there. It is like a limited run. When it's out, it's out. And you'll be at the waiting to number four. So rootsofsomething.com. Hollow Files number three. Now available for pre-order. Uh, while you're on the internet, also subscribe to the show. If you're listening to this just as streaming, subscribe. Make sure you have it in your... Uh, you get it when we release an uh, episode right away. On Spotify, you can subscribe. On Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. So any of those areas and anywhere you can find podcasts usually will be there. So go ahead and listen to us on your preferred podcast provider. Guys, good show. You made some good choices out there. I think actually you guys might, I'm going to say you might survive it. Gary's going to buy some plutonium for Alex's Batmobile, and you guys would be running around the countryside, running away from guys, and who knows, that may be enough for Garrett to give Alex some money to uh, drive him around. So, Alex, I got it. We'll go on the, what are those uh, turning tables? 
Uh, is it a tilt a whirl? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we'll just go on the edge, throw out a punching hand, and just punch people as they come by. We'll just spin really fast. Marvin can spin us, run away. Once we get a couple knocked out, Marvin can run back out and spin us again. I mean, that's also part of it, Garrett. Eventually, you might get exhausted. So you're going to need other people's help. So that's what I'm, I'm not saying. throwing punch. I'm not throwing punches. I'm just leaving my arm out of my side, holding the punching pose. Wait, we're not we're not on a, a tilt a whirl. We're on the the playground thing. What do you call it? The yeah, mer- like seesaw. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, not season. Well, you play your games, and I, I guarantee you, you're dead within the hour. So, do what you want to do. Um, uh, I might have taken Superman body because there's no violence there, and all you have is chimp hair. I go chimp. Um, <laughs> Alex, also, I might have taken the back cave. It's a little slippery, but guess what? Get no slip shoes. You're good. Um, <laughs> do those work when it's really wet? Who knows? Outside, I was slipping around, but if it was a back cave, I would have been okay. For Wednesday comics, I've been Marvin. I'm Alex. I'm Garrett. Hey, everybody. Keep turning on those pages.